What's up, Michigan? Welcome to another edition of the State Champs Michigan Extra Point Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity NAIA collegiate sports at Lawrence Tech, including football, athletic, and academic scholarships available now. Recruit yourself at ltuathletics.com. Extra Point also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association, the MHSA, looking for motivated individuals to become officials. Great part-time pay and a great way to stay connected to the game. Help wanted. Just whistle. Visit MHSAA.com for details. Hungry Howie's Pizza. You want free food? Hungry Howie's and State Champs have a great offer for you. Order your next meal at HungryHowie's.com. Use the special code CHAMPS and you'll get one free order of Howie's Bread. Some restrictions do apply. And also, the physical therapy and sports medicine pros with the Detroit Medical Center. Check out our Game Changers segments on the network, the entire playlist on our State Champs TV YouTube page. And if you are in pain or injured for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash Game Changers. All right, this is the companion podcast to our State Champs Michigan Extra Point Talk Show. On the talk show, we've got recaps of some of the best games from Week 9, a playoff preview, and more. It's a Halloween theme, so uh, check that out. Watch it on your preferred platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, statechampsnetwork.com, or on our free streaming app. All right, my name's Lauren Plant. Scott Bernstein is still with us. And uh, joining us today is the head coach at Gibraltar Carlson, Landon Grove. Or as we said on the talk show, we said Landon Grave. So <laughs> just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, but seriously, welcome to the show. I appreciate you guys for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Hey, first up, 8-1 and one on the season. And before we go into the playoff talk, a lot of work went into just that accomplishment. A lot of wins and some big victories for the boys this season. Yeah, I mean, it started in the preseason, and um, we established some goals that we wanted to have, and uh, one of those goals is win the league championship, which we knew was going to be difficult. You know, um, the Downriver League is a really good league, and it's a good league every year with a lot of good coaches and a lot of good programs. So, um, But we knew there was going to be a lot of work to do to do that. And uh, our kids bought in from the second I got here, um, late January, early February, and they've been they, – they, we, they, we, we discussed those goals. They heard those goals, um, and they took them very seriously. Um, and we've been going at it for a long time, getting ready for this run. And, you know, it's just been a lot of – it's all the credit to the kids. You know, I said it last week. They've bought in. Um, you know, they put the work in. In the weight room in the, in the summertime, you know, we, we traveled a lot of seven-on-sevens. You know, we went to De La Salle because we wanted to go against some good competition, you know. And we went through a Brighton. So we went to some different places to see what it looks like um, so we could try to get there at some point, you know. And our kids have done a great job just accepting that challenge. And, uh, you know, obviously step one accomplished, you know. A conference championship to conference championship, and you know we're right. blessed to share it with two other good schools. Hey, coach, you uh, have some mega playmakers on your squad. Uh, kind of all starts and uh, maybe ends with Cody Britt. He's been in beast mode all season long. Had another great game in that league championship showdown with with uh, Woodhaven. You know, uh, talk about Cody and what he's been able to do and really establish himself as one of the better running backs in Metro Detroit after uh, not just him, but the whole team didn't really have a, a lot of expectations or it wasn't like people were talking about Carlson, talking about Cody Britt. And then, you know, you guys kind of together made sure that everybody was talking about Carlson and Cody Britt. So kind of talk about that. Yeah, I mean that Cody Britt deserves everything he gets, man. You're gonna be it's gonna be hard to find a kid who works harder than him, who's as coachable as him, who's as big of a team player as him. So, you know, he deserves every ounce of credit he's been getting. He deserves every accolade he's getting. You know, um, he's put in the work and he's he's bought into the system we're running um, along with the rest of our team. 
you know, everyone's bought into what we're doing. And, um, you know, he's, he's getting the ability to showcase it. You know, he went at Carl's and there's been a whole bunch of good players at running back and specifically, you know, with coach Yarmo, they had a lot of guys that are really good, you know, and last year they had, they had some good guys back there. So he's finally getting his chance to be the future back. And he's really kind of taken and ran with it. Um, literally and figuratively, you know, he's doing a really nice job. Um, you know, and you got to give a lot of credit to our offensive line. Our offensive line has been fantastic all season. And that's, that's our best unit as our team. Um, collectively, you know, Coach Dale Midkiff's done a heck of a job getting those guys playing well. Um, you know, every week we're adding a little bit of wrinkles um, here and there to, you know, give us an advantage and to get Cody touches. But, you know, yeah, Cody Cody wasn't talked about much. <clears throat> you know, I think he should be being talked about a lot now, and he is. Um, he plays two really, really physical positions. You know, he's carrying the ball 30-plus times a game, but he's also our starting Mike linebacker, you know, getting seven-plus tackles a game every week too. So he's taken, he's taken a lot of hits. Um, but again, he's he's a, he's he's prepared himself for that in the weight room. You know, he's strong. He's a 500 plus pound squatter, so um, he he he's built for it. But you know, I don't think he he, he deserves every ounce of respect he's getting. And you're going to be hard pressed to find a kid who does more for a team, especially at this level, playing middle linebacker and touching the ball as much as he does on offense at running back. We're talking with Gibraltar Carlson head coach Landon Grove, or on Hollywood weekend, Landon Grave. Uh, and hopefully it will be uh, uh, dirt for, for your opponents, you know, for you guys as, uh, as you come up. Trenton, now first up in the playoffs. This happens a lot in the Down River League. Well, you end up having to play a league opponent in the first round. They were a team uh, you beat 28-27, to 27, so a close game. Uh, talk about that first matchup, and then what you like about the way your team matches up with Trenton and also, what's the biggest challenge you'll face? You know, for us, that first time we played them, you got to give them a lot of credit. They, their kids came out and they played really well. Um, you know, and they were fired up for that game. It's a rivalry game. It's a league game. Um, Coach Reggie Glon's done a heck of a job getting that program in a good spot right now, making the playoffs year one, too. So we got to give a lot of credit to them. But uh, for us, we were coming off a loss to Allen Park, you know, where we played a good first half. Um, it was a great football game until the last 10 minutes or so, and we got exposed a little bit. Um, you know, they, they showed us our weaknesses, which I think is probably the best thing that could have happened to us um, because we addressed it, you know. But then going into week four, we were limping a little bit still. We were feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves. Um, you know, we had to suspend a couple guys to kind of, you know, make sure our program is still getting laid in place. And we were banged up. That's not an excuse. Like I said, you got to give credit to Trenton, you know. Um, but finding a way to win that game, I think, was the best thing that could have happened to us um, because we probably shouldn't have won that game in all honesty. We went down and scored with 30 seconds left. Um, you know, their, their touchdown prior to that, we blocked their PAT and we made ours and it gave us that one point advantage and we found a way to one. And since that moment, I think that was kind of the, the light bulb that flicked for our guys. Like, okay, if we just buy in, you know, keep getting better every week and do what we need to do, um, good things will happen. And I've told them after the game, I've told them every week, if you, if you come out with the right mindset, um, you do the right things each week and we control what we can control, good things will happen to good people. Um, and they've bought into that, you know, and they've been told that they can do it. They've been told that they're capable of doing it, and now they believe, and I think that's the big difference heading into it. <clears throat> you know, look at this game. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, and oh. just, yeah, in terms of this game, um, you know, again, what, what you like about, you know, your style versus theirs, but also, you know, what they do well and, and what you guys are going to have to uh, do better uh, than you did the first time so that uh, it's not coming down to the wire. Yeah, um, you know, I think we're really physical up front. Um, you know, I, I, I would say this against anyone we played. I, I like our odds up front and being able to run the football. Um, but, you, get, you know, with them, they're extremely well coached. Um, they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. They're going to be aligned correctly all the time on defense. They're going to be gap sound. Um, they're not going to just get beat randomly. 
on missed assignments. So, you know, I mean, that speaks volumes to their program. They're, they've bought in, they're accepting the coaching, and, you know, and they're, you know, on offense, they, they run a lot of different things. They'll be in the, they'll be in under center, you know, running the veer, and then the next play they'll be out in double spread, throwing the ball around, and then they'll be in the eye running some power at you. So they give you a lot to prepare for. Um, it helps seeing it once or twice now, but they've done, our kids have bought into understanding what we need to do to win defensively, and we've, we've made a lot of progress on defense too. So, you know, it's going to be a good game. You know, it's yeah. hard to beat a team twice. It's really That's hard right. to beat a team twice. So we're going to have to be prepared, and we're going to have to play our best football just to earn another Monday. Indeed. Just finishing up here, I, w- I want to throw out two more of your playmakers and have you comment on them. Um, let's start with uh, your quarterback, Mr. Electricity, Eddie Light. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie's doing a nice job. He's he's he has made a a lot of improvements um, since you know since week three specifically. You know, he's really starting to get a feel for our offense. You know, and in, in the offense we run, we're no huddle. He's got to see the sign. And we have tags and we have certain calls that are different that nobody else knows about except for him. You know, and it's taken some time. He's a first-year starter. He's a junior. He's an underclassman still. Um, he's never started at this level. But every week he's getting better and better. He's learning what I'm looking at when I'm making those play calls. And he's kind of learning how to make the offense go, per se. So he's done a great job. You know, I told him, I was like, you got a lot of good players around you. Be a point guard, buddy. Just, you know, find a way to get Cody the ball. You know, get Jay on the ball. Get Labus the ball. Get Sheffy the ball. Do what you got to do. And he's doing a great job managing our offense now. And then uh, lastly, I, w- I want to shout out a guy that is a real diamond in the rough uh, in my book. One of the best cover corners uh, in Metro Detroit, maybe, uh, Avante Robinson, who uh, just seems to always be around the ball. Uh, every time I'm seeing highlights of him, he's, he's making pass deflections. He's uh, locking guys down for four quarters. Just you know, talk about what he's been doing. Yeah, that's that's big play Tay for us as we call him. He's 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 our energy energy energizer bunny man. He's contagious with it too, you know. And uh, teams teams like to pick on him for whatever reason, and he he responds every week. You know, the last two weeks we've put Jay Sean Williams on what we think the best receiver is, or to that side at least. So um, teams think they have a mismatch with Avante, and uh, he's a, he's roasted the challenge big time, especially last week against Woodhaven. Man, they have a bunch of good playmakers out there, and they have a really good quarterback, and he. Uh, he didn't really give him anything. He did a really nice job, and that's another guy who's stepping up and really buying in and believing into what we're doing. And you know, it's like you continue to tell kids you believe in them, and, and they respond well. And he's one of those kids, man. He's been he's been awesome. He's a great program guy, great team player, great leader. I can't say enough good things about Dante. And the, uh, sorry, oh, it's school. the bell. It's the school bell. Oh, it's not for me. Yeah. Well, and, and then you hold on. You mentioned Jay Sean Williams. We shouldn't uh, finish this segment out without uh, giving him a shout out. Just a, a real juggernaut of versatility. I mean, there's not a lot that uh, Jay Sean can't do. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He's accepted a little bit of a different role. You know, he was the quarterback last year where he's touching the ball every snap. You know, this year we put him at receiver because we felt it made our offense a little bit more diverse. You know, and we're finding unique ways to give him the football. He's still throwing the ball a couple times for a touchdown, and uh, we hand the ball off as much as we can. We get him as many touches as we can. You know, and, and he, you know, there's times where he might be frustrated, but I think he's really starting to see what it looks like when it works. And, um, you know, and then he's been phenomenal on defense. He, we're putting him on the best cover guy. He eliminated Lakeland's best receiver, and he did a really nice job covering Cornell Perry last week and being to Cornell Perry's side. You know, and that's a Division One player going to Syracuse. You can't say enough good things about Cornell Perry. Um, he had his, he, he did what he did, but I feel like we did a good job containing him for the most part. And, you know, I think that's a lot of credit to Jay Sean stepping up and being that guy over there and, you know, it's another guy where 
as times went on, he's just accepting what we're building here. He's accepting the program. He's accepting what we're preaching. And, you know, his buy-in has been a huge difference for us the last few weeks. Okay, last question before we let you go. What are you most proud of, of this group, this particular group of Marauders? I'm just proud of them accepting some changes, you know. Um, it's been hard for them. They, you know, they've had a lot. They've had three different head coaches now, these seniors. They had Coach Jarmo, who is obviously a great football coach. He got this program into a really good position, you know. And then Coach Cobflesh um, took it for a year last year to get through the COVID um, situation. And, you know, just accepting me and what I'm doing to be a little bit different um, I'm asking some different things out of them. I'm asking them to be, you know, um, maybe a little bit more locked in every single day. And they've done that and they've accepted it, you know, and I can't be more proud of the work they've put in there. They, they, they make every single practice enjoyable, especially this week is the playoffs. And I think they really kind of value being out there. And I was talking to our staff. I'm like, these are these are the most fun practices I've had all season and maybe in my entire career so far. It's like we're laughing, we're having fun, they're locked in, they're executing. And I think they truly understand um, – what the potential is, you know, and goal two is the district championship, and we absolutely have the potential to do that, which hasn't been done at our school. And it's going to take it's going to take a lot of good efforts. You know, our district's tough. Our district is very tough, but they've accepted the challenge. I can't say enough good things about them, you know. And I think it's a compliment to our staff too, not just me. You know, we, we, we're trying to create a, a program where kids believe in themselves and they know that they're loved by me and our other coaches. And I think, you know, that's a thing that gets lost in in this modern day that we're in. It's like. We can blame the kids so much, but eventually you got to put some belief in them and some love in them, and they respond, and that's what they've done. All right. I want to thank Gibraltar Carlson head coach Landon Grove for joining us here on Extra Point. Hey, Coach, good luck against Trenton. Thanks again. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Great All job right. this year, Coach. Thank you. Final segment of the show when we bring in State Champs Digital Managing Editor and the man who does the weekly rankings for us all football season, Matt Mowry, his final rankings are out. You can just go to statechampsnetwork.com. Happy Halloween, of course, Matt, and we're all taking names. He's Scott Burns Scream. I'm Scorn Plant, so I figured in when I in the talk show when I tease you, I called you Hack Mowry. So, you know, there all we right. go. All right. What, what does this weekend mean to the Mowry household? You got little ones. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun getting all dressed up and uh, having the kids go around my sister's uh, little cul-de-sac that that she has and, and getting uh, getting the candy. It's it's just it's fun. I mean, we have dress-up costumes for the little ones at home anyway. Yeah. Uh, but this this year, you actually get to wear them out and you get to be that yes. character all uh, all night long. Yeah, absolutely. I know his son Christian. I don't know his daughter as well, but Christian has got quite the imagination. And uh, I can imagine that he loves Halloween. He's such a smart kid, and uh, he's got a you have, you have a great son, Matt. Yeah, well, he's he's going to be Harry Potter, so he's got the, uh, oh, the yeah the nerdy part of Harry Potter down. He's got the, the full <laughs> uh, jacket, and and Caitlin is going to be Cruella Deville. So oh, uh, sweet. we've, we've got all the Disney characters coming. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's going to be 60 degrees Sunday, so that's yes. awesome. So, yep. all right. So before you talk rankings, and I want thoughts from both of you on this, uh, your thoughts on how the playoff point system has worked out. Well, and I said this a couple of times, you know, both in conversations we've had over the last couple of weeks internally and, you know, on Twitter, it, it worked out the way the formula is set up. I mean, just from a math standpoint, this was what, 
this was what it was set up to give you. It was set up to give you, you know, maybe teams that aren't five, you know, aren't aren't six win teams, but played a gru a grueling schedule, um, get into the playoffs when maybe a team that you know is six and three but didn't play as tough of a schedule. This is what it was supposed to be, and I think we talked about that in the context of of Cast Tech being right on the precipice. Well, part of the reason that Cast Tech was right on the precipice was not necessarily their three losses, because two of those losses were to, you know, obviously the number one team that we've got in the state in in King, but the other, you know, portion of their schedule with all the D three teams in the in the PSL anymore that doesn't help the lone D one team in uh, in Cast Tech get playoff points. I mean, it's just yeah. It, is it still flawed? Yes, but those flaws were baked in. I mean, I, I think some of the some of the people who got down to the end of the season and saw how things were playing out, and all of a sudden were mad, maybe weren't paying attention when this was announced because this is exactly what what we kind of expected could happen, just based on what the formula is. Listen, there's always going to be a flaw in the formula as long as the main criteria for differentiating between teams and how good they are is student population. Because we all know there are class A schools that sometimes go, you know, seven and one or uh, eight and one, nine and oh in the regular season that play in a third tier, you know, class A conference that get all kinds of playoff points just because they're playing other schools that are that size but are not quality programs i mean a, a lot of times you get you know it just and not to pick on either the oaa or the or the uh the mac but a lot of times you'll get a you know a, a team from the the oaa blue that goes into the playoffs at you know nine and oh and they get trounced because they play, you know, the third place team from the OAA Red or the MAC Red. It's just because those. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Matt. I was just playing on what you just said. Bloomfield Hills right now, which is absolutely you know, hats off to Dan Loria. No mm -hmm. one expected Bloomfield Hills to be nine and zero, um, but they ran the table. They they win the OAA Blue, um, but there's still kind of a wait and see. Mm -hmm. approach to what's going to happen these next couple of weeks because you don't really know how that 9-0 and is going to translate to the playoffs. And that's no disrespect yeah, yeah. to the that, those Blackhawks, but it's just it's hard to to measure who they were playing in the OA Blue and then, mm -hmm. you know, take that over. Th that's to, why the point system right, you was You take developed. that into the, into the, into the And they system. probably knew, hey, we're going to have to win – seven, eight, nine games to get into the yeah. playoffs just because of that. And they did. Yep. And, and even in talking to some of the kids, I actually covered uh, Bloomfield Hills, Troy last week, it, talking to, you know, Andrew Sapersky, who had four interceptions in the game against Troy, one off the state record. Um, he said going into the season, their thought was, oh, well, we'll never be as good as the 2016 team. The 2016 team also ran the table in the regular season, had a first round matchup with West Bloomfield and lost. And I, if I recall, it was kind of lopsided. And so this this is their chance to prove that, hey, we're not the traditional, you know, OAA blue team that has, 
you know, an, a nine and zero record going into the playoffs, but they've got a home date with with Catholic Central, which is not going to be easy for them. You know, Catholic Central obviously play, plays a murderous schedule when you talk about the the you know Catholic League Red Division. Has Bloomfield Hills played tough games? Yeah, they played two or three of them, not necessarily nine of them. So that's the difference sometimes. But that's kind of how the playoff system works is because a team like Bloomfield Hills that's played a lot of other teams that have good records. Well, a six and three record for an OA blue team is not necessarily the six and three record for an OA red team yeah. or Mac red or CHSL central or, you know, okay. Red or whatever you want to talk about. There are definite tiers to conferences around the state. And that's just not factored into the, the, the way that the criteria is set up yet. I mean, the, 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 my take on it, and I'll be real short. I know it's, that's kind of not normal for for burn scream, but uh, uh, you know it's a tough nut to crack. You're, you're not going to be able to put any um, playoff uh, system in play that's going to you know make everyone happy. The only thing I'll say is, and I think this is just inevitable, that you replaced or you removed a number of problems. But then you replace those problems with some other problems. So I don't I don't know what the perfect answer is. Like I said, you're never gonna satisfy everybody. But um, I, I'm okay with where we are uh, with this with this playoff system. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm okay too. All right. Back to the rankings, Matt. What was the big movement, if any, from last week's rankings to your final rankings? Well, there there wasn't a whole lot of movement. We had we had a couple of teams drop out when they they ended up losing uh, essentially conference championship games, and the main part of that was simply because they were in the final five of the top twenty five. We had Woodhaven lost to uh, Gibraltar Carlson, which brought on a a three way tie in the Downriver League for the the championship. I believe Allen Park and and Carlson and and Woodhaven were all seven and one in the league. And then Heartland went to uh, to Belleville in the KLA championship game, and the KLA West did not come out well in the uh, championship weekend in the crossovers with the East. Uh, I believe the East won all but two, maybe of of the of the matchups with with the West, and uh, Belleville won pretty handily. I, I know Heartland is shorthanded at this point. They were missing some some key pieces. They've been missing their quarterback for for a couple of weeks. Um, and and take nothing away from them. It's, it's a very good season that they've had. Um, but it's just we ended up having a log jam when we got down to after week eight. We had kind of a log jam there at the bottom end. So this allowed us to uh, kind of clear some of that. Castec ended up staying in the rankings with their win over Orchard Lake St. Mary's. I know obviously they're they're more excited about staying in the playoff picture, which was the kind of the key takeaway from their win. Um, but we, but we ended up keeping them in the rankings. And then other than that, uh, just you know Chippewa Valley has kind of had a little bit of a late season slide. I think they've yeah. lost uh, three out of their last six games. They lost to Oxford by a point, so they slid all the way down uh, to twenty one. 
Uh, but other than that, it it's kind of been a lot of the same teams. Because again, when you're looking at some, maybe some of the next teams, if we were to bump uh, somebody into the rankings, you know, and saying that that maybe we were missing out on them, well, you, you've got a nine and zero Bloomfield Hills, uh, Ann Arbor Huron, who's eight and one, you know, Holt and Lapeer and Howell, all at seven and two, were maybe candidates to do that. Obviously, Caledonia, we could have bumped in. But really, when you look at it, I don't know that we had anybody that really was knocking on the door of the top 25 that that we absolutely, you know, were missing the boat on having in. There really wasn't any impetus to, you know, kind of change up that that last couple of, over the last few weeks, other than when we bumped Heartland in uh, two weeks ago. Um, Matt, so it, we didn't have a whole lot of change. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I, I want to uh, get your take on something because um, I think it perfectly – uh, is uh, it's just a perfect microcosm of what we were just talking about two minutes ago. So Oxford knocks off Chippewa Valley. Mm-hmm. Oxford's five and four. Right. They could be the best five and four team in Metro Detroit. I mean, uh, they played a murderous schedule. Um, mm-hmm. And that five and four OA red team that finished, you know, either at the middle of the pack or the bottom, uh, and I would, I would stack toe to toe with – you know, eighty percent, ninety percent of the seven and two, eight and one teams. So I'm not saying they should have, they deserve to get in our top twenty-five, but that's a five and four team that is, you know, at, at the same level as, you know, almost all of the the, the seven and twos and eight and ones. Oh, absolutely, and and I think one of the things that that kind of got talked about when they were putting this playoff system in place was that in theory it was going to stop conference expansion or realignment. Yeah, well, I think it may end up doing just the opposite. I think it may spur some conference realignment. We already saw, you know, the two Traverse City teams that are planning on joining the Saginaw Valley. There's been some talk over the last couple of years about possibly some of the northern OAA teams joining up with Lapeer and Grand mm-hmm. Blanc and, and those kind of teams. I think you may see some of those just because people are realizing that Playing a schedule to get you the the guaranteed wins does not do anything for you anymore. It's playing a, an actual very tough schedule. Yeah, you may have the playoff points, but it really doesn't get you any better. And that's what prepares you right. for, for a the playoff playoffs. run. And, I, yep. and just finally, Oxford, Zach Line, the retired NFL yes, vet, sir. comes back to his hometown, and he has this team playing at a clip. Uh, I think some people thought it was going to take a couple years to, to – get his system moving but you know the end of that Chippewa Valley game was one of the most exciting finishes you've ever you'll ever see because they needed to win that game to guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs they scored a touchdown in the final 30 seconds and then decided to go for two for the win got it qualify for the playoffs Shout out to Zach Lyon and those Wildcats. Absolutely. Emblematic of Bud Rowley, yeah. who was there forever. Coach Zach Lyon. Coach Zach Lyon. Prescott Lyon, his brother, Mr. Football. What's you- so great about Zach Lyon, yeah. though, is he's taking that Bud Rowley yes. mentality, yes. that blueprint of Bud Rowley. And Modernizing then, and, it. And then he's he's making a hybrid of yeah. it with what he did in New Orleans yes. with Sean Payton and Drew yeah. Brees. Yeah. He's taking that exact same offense, and then he's blending it with yeah. Rowley's offense. Oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. And uh, it's, you know, never. 
never been out there. You see the blue turf and everything. It's fantastic. We'll yeah. see you. They may make a run. Uh, lots of five and four teams have done it, typically more in the Catholic League Central right. Division who've made long runs as they eke into the playoffs with five and four records. Uh, and Orchard Lake was four and four one year and won the state And Oxford had West Bloomfield mm-hmm. on the ropes in the fourth yeah. quarter. They were up in the fourth quarter in that game. Okay. Uh, last question. And I'm putting you guys on the spot. I did not preview this with you either, but uh, uh, it's always fun. Uh, and I'm just talking about divisions one, two, and three predictions right now for state champions: Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. I'll start with Matt. I think I'm going to have to go in Division One. The easy one is Rockford because you look at their scores throughout the season. They've played not only a very tough schedule, but they've played a lot of close games. If they can get through, obviously they've had some injuries so far, but if they can get through with their main cast intact and and injuries don't derail them, they've already been tested throughout the regular season, and and they seem like a very safe pick in, in Division One. Uh, let alone a you know a, a very obvious pick as one of the favorites. Okay, Division One. We'll take it one division at a time. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to throw out Catholic Central. Um, okay. I think they're this team is built for a championship run. Uh, they're they're very balanced. Yes. A lot of senior uh, leadership, uh, playmakers on both sides of the mm-hmm. ball. They've changed their offense, uh, bringing in Kevin Glenn, the, yes. the retired CFL. Uh, you know. All, all CFL all, quarterback, all yes. um, and he's come in there and, and modernized it. They, you know, they took a couple losses this year, one to Chippewa Valley uh, week one. But other than that, their only losses at De La Salle, and that was coming on, off a short week where they, did, they only Boys had, they only week, had yeah. three days to prepare. Yeah. So um, and I think they're, they're going to uh, get past West Bloomfield in the, in the second round, and then I, I, I see them making, okay. making, a, making a run to the title. All right, I'm going to throw out – Grand blank. I think I think this um, boy. I tell you, they just it just seemed to have risen to the occasion uh, all season long, building off what they did last year, uh, and um, certainly you know exercised the Davis and Demon, uh, and uh, they are to use a Halloween theme. Uh, I just think they I think they're in potential that they could really really make a run. I think they're feeling a lot of confidence. I think Division One is wide open and I think that's why we mm-hmm. have three different champions. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be really interesting. Division two, I'll start. Uh in fact I will just say division two and division three because it's easy. De La Salle for me in division two yeah. and I think uh Detroit King yeah, I'm gonna tra- in division three. I'm gonna chalk it. Yeah. Uh De La Salle and King. Uh King I think is gonna route their way to a title. After they get out of their district, you know, yeah. which seems to be the toughest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But De La Salle is just – Coach Coach Roan yeah. has come in here, and, you know, you, you'd think it'd be difficult to up the ante even further from yeah. the Verska era and then the Giannone era. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like he's in the process of doing that. Absolutely. So, 90 kids on that team. Yeah. So. And, and they're built for the yeah. long haul. All I right. Mean, yep. The, let's wrap it up. Matt, what you say? I am going to go up north for D2. I am okay. going to take Traverse City Central. All and right. a lot of times when when we've seen teams, specifically from you know the Big North Conference, has not necessarily done all that well. Last year when they got two teams deep in the playoffs was, was the deepest they'd ever gotten. Traverse City Central has taken kind of a, you know, I'll 
take all comers. What they did to Brother Rice in week eight was yeah. just I mean, that was impressive because Brother Rice is a is a very was a very competitive CHSL Central team. Yes. And obviously they've got they've got the stud Josh Burnham. Uh D three it's hard not to go with King just because they've got so much talent and they've been battle tested too. Yes. And with the exception of that Hail Mary landing the wrong way for him in week one, they've they've taken it's on all comers as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope we get DeWitt and King because I, I really want to see that uh, for the state championship. Two best quarterbacks in the state absolutely. going at it. And, and Slugfest between Ty Holtz yes, and sir. Dante Moore. Which could decide Mr. Football yep. over at the, or, you know, let's just throw it out there. Um, but also, I, I, you know, I got to see DeWitt play Traverse City Central in week one at the, uh, mm-hmm. at the big house. And, um, you know, DeWitt was throwing it all over the place. But you could see Central uh, had, a, had a, you know, were figuring it out. And, you know, they just happened to take on a juggernaut week one. Um, so that's a good good call. And you're right. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. So, all right. I want to thank the digital managing editor at statechampsnetwork.com, Matt Mallory, to give us his thoughts on our state rankings, which, again, are at statechampsnetwork.com. Matt, thanks all year for your work. Mm-hmm. And uh, look forward to, uh, like, girls basketball, which will be starting up before you know it. It's going to be a great playoff run. Uh, Scott, thank you for being here, my friend. That's it for the podcast this week. Check out the Michigan Extra Point Talk Show for highlights, previews, Bernie's burning topics. He's talking all the the sack masters in this one, so go check it out. Uh, It's all on the State Champs Network. All right, so uh, we also thank our producer, Chuck, for being here. All right, thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you next week.